Well, hello again, my friends. It's that time once again to make a video. Welcome to all of my subscribers and welcome to any newcomers. This will be a dual uh, video and audio for the 15-minute free thinking podcast as well as YouTube. I figured I would kill two birds with one stone because, uh, oh wait, I'm not supposed to say that anymore because PETA said it's offensive against birds. Anyway, I that's actually true. They want people to stop using that term. Sorry, just came to mind, but uh, we're living in a very absurd world right now. Some very weird times. And observing it from the outside, let's just say it's pretty painful. I mean, I'm on the inside, like all of you. We're all in this together. We're all facing the same shit. But when you can see through certain aspects of it, it can be disheartening to see just how ignorant society has become in many ways. That's kind of a negative tone to start out a podcast, isn't it? Well, it is what it is, and I'm going with it. Um, I wanted to compare, first of all, the point of this particular podcast is about deadheads and how what occults have in common with deadheads. It will be labeled something along those lines. This isn't something where I plan out my podcast for weeks in advance and I write down all my notes and I have everything planned in front of me and I know what I'm going to say. This is generally raw from the heart. All of what I say is coming out of the back of my brain as I process it. So forgive me if I wander, but I'm going to try to stick to script here. <laughs> Mental script anyway. I'm not necessarily comparing deadheads to cult members. Um, I wanted to talk about the similar interests that such an extreme group of different groups of people might have. A, a cult member, uh, generally, as the definition of a cult, would be following a particular leader. Uh, generally, cults revolve around one specific entity or person and therefore you follow the rules of this person or this being or whoever it may be, but it's usually represented by a person. Whereas being a deadhead, <laughs> you relate to the other deadheads on many levels, but there's no particular person to follow. And what brought this to mind, and I only came up, I thought about this like 15 minutes ago, but the fact that there is a certain sect of the Grateful Dead community that refuses to acknowledge anything that's happened after Jerry Garcia died. Um, because Jerry Garcia was the light that they looked to. And not a cult leader. He would never, ever stoop to that. Jerry Garcia was one of the sweetest, you know, most amazing people in the world. I mean, the interviews with him tell you all you need to know. He was a patient man. He had his problems like the rest of us. He died of an early age from complications, and yeah, he did drugs and everything else, but the point was he was trying to cope with life as best he could. He admitted his flaws as a human, and he knew he was um, immortal. He would never become the kind of person who would tell people what to do or be a cult leader, but he made a good band leader. And uh, the cult-like mentality that many people have about Jerry Garcia is what kind of made me compare it to the cult attitude. But the main point I wanted to make here was, was not that at all. Rather that the cultish aspect or the music aspect of anything, whatever, a, let's back up for a second. When a group of people gathers together for a 
unified cause or reason. This is one of the most emotionally charged and rewarding things people can ever experience. When I go to a concert, like I did last weekend, and I was at the Dead show, so if it sounds like I'm harping on Deadheads, I'm not. I just got back from the final Dead shows, which is Dead and Company, which only has two original members of the band, uh, along with, you know, uh, O'Teal and uh, John Mayer and uh, Jeff Chiamatti or something, a different keyboardist and another younger drummer. The thing is, what they're doing is they're carrying the torch and keeping it alive. The Grateful Dead hasn't made any music in 40 years. However, they are, well, something like that, 30 years, whatever it is. I was fortunate enough to see Jerry Garcia on stage maybe nine or ten times before he died in 95. I became a deadhead when I was like 15, and, you know, I was the long-haired, hitchhiking, barefoot dude. I loved it. The first time I went to a dead show, I found communion and connection with artistic and intelligent people that I did not and was not able to find anywhere else. It was something that I didn't ever expect to find. But even at that age, I was a little too young to really see how fucked up the world really is and how many problems we actually have. And not just with society itself as a whole, but with individuals who are seeking to find some sort of a connection with other people. As the years went on, I continued going to various concerts and shows. I very much enjoyed bonding over music, and one time I, I made a video where I was comparing, I said, music is my church. And it, it became, it was it's such a prominent idea in my mind that when I go to a concert, that is going to church for me. It's the same thing. You gather with a bunch of like-minded people, everybody dances around and sings, and you walk away feeling good, and you recharged, and like you're connected. To me, music is part of God like anything else. Music is a very unique way to, you know, feel. This, protect, this past weekend, Dead & Company, uh, well, they did their, quote, final tour. We went the week before to the Gorge Amphitheater, too. But I didn't get into either one of those shows. We couldn't afford the tickets, even though we drove all the way out there. But I had a nice weekend, even though it was like 100 degrees and we were baking in the sun. But we decided to go to San Francisco for the final shows. The final three shows, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'll just tell you this, you know, Friday was okay. I got kind of cold. Saturday was the most amazing concert I've ever been to in my entire life. And Sunday, I didn't think they could top it but they did, and it was even better. I, yes, both night I indulged in psychedelics, but not over the top, to the point where I was at the right place at the right time, and I felt so connected with the people around me. I had my family and friends there. It was a very special moment. And for me, it's going to go down as one of those just impressed upon my brain moments that I will never forget. It was the combination of everything, you know, the final shows, the great performance, the light show. They had a drone show where they did all this dead stuff in the way up in the air. And uh, we were just in awe at the whole presence of everything. The stadium was perfect. They didn't even search you at the gate. It was totally laxed. It was like going to a show back in the like 80s where, you know, you just walk right in and, you know, and no issues. 
no security. Everybody was just smoking joints, doing what they pleased. It was like they just said, leave people alone and let them do what they do. And let's just say that it was all these things combined lended it to be such a great experience that I will never forget. And this was one weekend out of my life. And it will be one I'll remember forever because I was connected with other people. If I'd gone and see the band play by themselves, would it be the same? No, of course not. If I was the only person there, I wouldn't have that connection. When I went to my first Dead shows, it made me want to go back. And I continued going back. I go to see Fish shows and various other bands. that I really love that experience. It's the same feeling people get from going to church. It's the same feeling people get when they join a cult. And when they feel like they're connected to someone else and something else. It's the follow the leader mentality that bothers me. It's not about the community. There's a, a line within a No Effects song. It's called Anarchy Camp. Actually, No Effects is coming this weekend. We were thinking about going to see them, my friend and I, up in uh, Tacoma. Not sure yet, because I might go camping. But anyhow, the song has a line in it that says, if somebody, if somebody takes charge, you'll be expected to beat them. And uh, it always comes to mind when I see somebody standing on a podium or a soapbox saying, I have the answers. I know the truth. This is what God is. This is what you should be doing with your life. These, you know, YouTube psychics, these, uh, you know, internet uh, experts on everything, right? That think that they can help you and help your life. And, you know, here I'm going to, you know, you can be a hustler. You can make a lot of money or you can make a lot of spiritual cash or whatever it might be, you know, uh, back in the day, I guess a few years back, it was, you know, evolving to your five dimensional consciousness, all this bullshit from money grubbing, conservative bullshit to money grubbing, uh, you know, uh, extreme left wing crystal chakra bullshit that I'm um, not to put anybody down here, but you know, the entire spiritual community is pretty much full of shit. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't connect with your higher self and your higher ether, whatever you want to call it. But let's be real here. What's important is very difficult to assess, but it's not just about yourself, but it's also not just about community. So talking about cults and the dead, it's a community that we find and we feel in our hearts. Now, something's happened over the past couple decades. It's become a self-help plethora of garbage of people saying, you can do it all yourself. You can be independent. This has even shined through in the movies in the way that, uh, I, I'm not going to turn this political or into, not political, but, you know, male, female, or controversy because of, quote, the message that we're all, you know, supposed to just accept these days, which is that equality and... Um, basically the movies look at any Disney remake recently and see how how bad things have become how everything has to be all-inclusive that's not a bad thing in itself but rather doing it for the cash it's a it's a way to detract from the bigger messages that we as humans really do need each other so they're making characters superheroes for example more independent rather than taking an old story that was a love story between a man and a woman now it has to be some in, an independent woman who doesn't need men there's nothing wrong with that inherently 
and don't get me wrong, I have a point here. It's, it's a matter of the reality that we are all yearning for connection, that that should be the main message because it's true. We feel connected to other people. We want to bond with other people. Independence and being able to say fuck you to the world seems to be kind of a cliche these days. It's become a, you know, it's a novelty of the media and a darling of the movie industry, uh, making this independent person that needs no one else. But that's not what people are like. We may hide from our emotions. We may hide from the reality that we want connections. We want friends. But how many people do you know that say they don't have any real friends? That's not a bad thing. It's just an unfortunate thing. Having good friends is one of the most beautiful things in the world. You know, we had a little accident on the way back. I'm not going to go into details, but I had the most epic weekend last weekend. And on the way back, we crashed bad. Everyone was fine, but the car, the front left end, just got totaled, wiped out the oil cooler, and uh, fucked up the back, you know, uh, the back wheels. There was something wrong, like a not a tie rod, but something like that, some sort of a support arm for the axle. Let's just say it was undrivable. I'd driven 800 miles, and we were only an hour from home. As they say, it always happens close to home. My buddy... He came down. He helped me try to go out and find the parts to fix it. We couldn't get it fixed because the axle was screwed. So he took me down to U-Haul, rented a trailer. He paid for the trailer, he insisted. Or dolly, you know, the tow dollies. Went back, hooked up the car, drove it back. I tried to pay for his gas. He wouldn't take it. He paid for the whole thing. Now... This is something that, to me, is very difficult to accept. I'm not one for gifts. He he told me at the time, he's like, dude, you, like the last two kilos of Kratom you gave me, you didn't even charge me anything for it. And I was like, well, yeah, but that's me. You know, I, I want to give stuff away on my terms, but I have a hard time accepting it. But the point here is that he's a damn good friend for doing that. And I, there's, like, it just, I feel it in the heart to have a friend that would do something like that for me. And that's because throughout my youth, I tried to develop relationships with people. Some came, some went, and eventually, you know, a few friends shined through through the years that I hung out with. I have people I haven't seen in years that I would openly embrace, like my best friend Barnum when I was a kid. We were best friends and grew up and went skating and biking together, and uh, he just disappeared. I love the guy but he went off to do his own thing. I have other friends that have disappeared, and I've also had friends who I disowned, basically, because they were bad for me. My point here being that community sometimes can be difficult. Developing a community you relate to. Going to a concert, or a dead show, for example, there are many people, most people, are honest and have the same intentions. There's always going to be a small element of corruption. We can't let the few people who fuck us over decide how we feel about people in general. And I say this with a, you know, a heavy heart. I've had a couple of my best, quote, best friends when I was younger steal from me. People I let stay with me when they were suffering, having a hard time. They robbed me. They took a, a various items that were my father's and he'd passed away. Things they imagine, imagine letting a friend stay at your house and then having them steal 
you know, some jewelry necklace and your dad's wedding ring and and a pistol and stuff that your grandpa took off a dead German soldier in World War II knowingly and take off and, and steal these things from you. And then imagine they come back and apologize and you accept them back into your life. This is back when I was 19, 20. This is what happened. And I'm more than willing to accept somebody's apology and welcome them back because I learned long ago not to harbor resentment. So this is where I come to kind of the, I guess, a point I would like to make about cults versus communities. You know, if your group resents others, you're doing it wrong. And I say this because when I go to a dead show, for example, there are so many people there that love music. They're so connected. They interact. A lot of psychedelic discussions going on. Um, some very existential shit people talk about. And when another band comes up, a person may say, oh, I don't like them or I do like them. But it's not about only my band is good. And these are the big differences I want to make between, say, going to a concert and loving music you love the music. For some people, it's not just about the music. It's about the community alone. But when it comes to, say, a cult cult, no other cult can be correct. Nobody else can be right, because that would defile your own beliefs. And that makes it hard. This is why I have a problem with religion, which I don't talk about very often, because I never want to offend anyone. I, and it's not because people don't need to be offended, but rather there's no need for it. If a person believes in their own version of God, I think that's fine with me. I have no problem with whatever you define God as. But the minute you tell me that I'm wrong and I'm going to some fiery pit of hell because I don't believe what you believe, then I'm going to say you're pretty fucking full of shit and I'm not going to buy it. And that's where I kind of lose interest with discussions with people. If I'm having a discussion and someone literally thinks I'm going to burn in hell because I'm not good enough for heaven... I don't really want to interact with that person anymore. It just seems kind of fruitless. You feel like they're looking down on you. And uh, so the point being that religion can be very cultish as well. And uh, we all know this, but I've learned to accept that not all people who are religious are cultish. So <sighs> deadheads have their own church, let's just say, but they're willing to accept other churches. As for being independent versus community, no man is an island, and um, we always need some sort of a teamwork to make these things happen. We know this. Some, th something I took note of is that I was watching something about metal, heavy metal festivals earlier, and they were talking about all the alcohol and, and drunks, and they were showing, you know, how fun it is. Metal is great. I'm a metalhead too. And, uh, but let's just say it's a completely different scene when you have an entire festival full of drunk people as opposed to when you have a festival full of people on psychedelics. A few may freak out, but let's just say the conversations that happen, you don't wake up in a drunken stupor or with a hangover the next morning. You wake up with this mind full of ideas you want to share with people. If you understand what I'm talking about, you do. If you don't, I can't really, you know, convince you or explain to you what it's like to have deep existential discussions late at night with strangers on the side of a parking lot that you've never met and be feel totally connected to them. 
it's so much different and this is why the community of you know psychedelic users was so strong because it builds empathy and connection with others rather than say alcohol use which can separate you and make you feel i mean sure you've it's different it's the icebreaker right people feel more connected hey bro but it's not the same type of feeling you don't feel mentally connected you're just looking for an emotional connection and that's very unique so um let's just say as a human don't you know pace yourself do the best you can um and uh you don't need to do or be anything you don't need to join a group to fit in However, having some sort of a community can be very, very beneficial. Uh, and also embrace your isolational state. Be able to be yourself. Be able to sit quietly with your thoughts. And uh, with that, I'm running out of time for the YouTube version, so I'm going to turn off the video version. If you'd like to support the channel, you're welcome to check out my Patreon at carpo719. Uh, otherwise, if you'd like to hear the rest of it, which I will continue on the audio version, uh, check it out. The 15-Minute Free Thinking Podcast. And I'll see y'all next time. So, I'm still here for the rest of y'all. Uh, I don't edit my podcasts or anything. I have a new phone. Uh, well, a u new used phone. <laughs> and it's sitting at about, you know, uh, well, 20 minutes for the podcast here and Sometimes they kind of cut off and, and split into two when they're longer than that. And I thought, you know, it's so funny that I'm not good at technology, but I should be. If I just had a simple editing program on my computer, well, first I'd need a good enough computer to do it. But uh, anyway, I have an old computer, an older phone. Everything I have is kind of outdated. But I don't make really anything off of this. I don't charge for my videos or podcasts which is why i mentioned the patreon which always feels awkward too however that brings me to feeling like i have a community here even though i don't see my podcast viewers and you can't see me that's why i've always loved having a youtube channel because at least i can show my face and i feel like there's more honesty when you see a person's face and an important note to make here regarding that at least in the old days, a cult, you would have to go see the leader and meet him and, and look him in the eyes. These days, cults form around people that folks have never met. Internet cults. Even around something that I never thought would really be a, a thing, which is rallying around and protecting billionaires, for example. There are entire communities of I guess they call themselves muskies or something. Elon Musk is a great example. And I know people who know me will say, oh, you, what's your issue with Elon Musk? I, I just don't like the guy. I think he stands for everything that I see wrong with the world. Um, he's egotistical. He's insecure. And he has an exorbitant amount of money while his employees have been known to suffer piss in bottles, whatever, you name it. These things are to me, completely unacceptable. I don't believe anyone becomes wealthy by being a good person. And it doesn't mean they're evil, but there will be advantage taken of other people. Money doesn't just come out of thin air. Of course, the government would beg to differ. <laughs> but uh, let's just say that I don't believe 
in some socialism where everything's equal and billionaires should give up all their money. I do believe in just honesty, integrity, and using what you need. And so for me, to see a community rallying around somebody who really gives no shit about them or or the world, um, it shouldn't shock me, and it doesn't, but it, it kind of surprises me that even with the information given about how corrupt this guy is and how poorly he's run his businesses, how he hasn't invented anything himself, that he's basically just a face, that makes me think about many others, like Trump, for example. I mean, a lot of these people just put their faces on things and let everybody else do the work, yet they get the credit. The reason this is important is because this is exactly what cult leaders do. If something good happens, it's because they asked God to do it, right? If something bad happens, oh, well, it's because there's an evil force, that you, you know, someone else. And this is where it leads to division. A person who wants to take credit for the good things that happen will always have someone else to blame or some institution to blame for all of the woes of their followers. And this is never more present than in the Bible, for example, where hell wasn't even a major issue. It wasn't even a major discussion back in you know the early days of Christianity. But much later, it became a very prominent factor. And it's obvious why. People want folks to be punished for the bad things they do. Or as my friend Ben Glazer used to say, if you do bad doo-doo, then poo-poo will screw you. That <laughs> was his, his version of karma, right? And uh, it's true. You know, uh, people really want others to pay the price, and therefore we've created an illusion of a bad place in our minds. Whether this exists is irrelevant to this discussion. But the point being that we build communities which make assumptions about other people. And uh, even for deadheads poking fun at bands like Goose or, you know, Christians poking fun at other Christians because they have a slightly different sect. It's very strange watching people do the things we do. And how, not just that we believe things, because this is what I've come to terms with. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would say religion should be abolished. You know, people should stop believing. And that's, you know, been a trend that's been going on. But you see that people aren't giving it up. They're switching to something else, whether it be, quote, spirituality, which is a meaningless word to me, or maybe they even take on some other extreme belief system, like atheism, where instead of just walking away from a religion, they take some reactive stance where they spend all their time on YouTube complaining about Christians, even though they were one five years ago. These are reactions to the way we feel about things. We still need a community. This is why excommunication from the church is such a scary thing for people. You lose everything. Your friends, your family. You have to start over. People are more willing to stick with something they know is not true and go along with something that they know is wrong or incorrect than they are to you know, lose their family over their principles because that's how important community is to all of us. It's what we really need. And this is why I think our country is too big in the United States. I believe that we try to divide ourselves um, along mundane issues like politics, sex, gender, race, whatever it may be, but now it's even sillier 
Now we're trying to kind of go backwards and say, well, if you don't believe what I believe, and if you're not for the causes I'm for, you're part of the problem. And we've got, you know, kids standing in front of traffic, ironically holding up traffic for hours with signs saying we need to stop using fossil fuels as the clouds billow out because they're holding up traffic. We have some very strange people in this world, some very, you know, uh, very strong groupthink, which doesn't seem to really follow any rhyme or reason sometimes. So the problem is that the problem is too big. The problems are the problems, and we don't know how to navigate them. It's not so simple as just stopping big tobacco or, you know, slowing down big oil. You know, we've found that these aren't even solutions, you know. Sure, you can quit tobacco, everybody goes to vaping. That may be better, but you quit oil and everybody's going to go to electric cars. Well, where do those electric cars come from? You have to manufacture them. You have to make the batteries. The batteries are very polluting. Uh, the batteries can be also dangerous, but on top of that, you need whole new infrastructure to build them, and then you have to go through all the same issues that you had with anything else. You can't just replace one thing with another. Then you go to charge your car, and you're using a majority of either oil or gas or coal to heat the reactors that power it. And so I'm not trying to be the negative one here, but I'm just saying we tend to seek ignorance because it's all we know. We seek to understand, but we end up seeking out somebody else's version of what's real. And the most important message I can say here is don't follow the leader. Be an island when you need to be. Think about things critically. If you are a member of any group, whether it be political, religious, even a car group, whatever it is, you don't have to go along with the crowd. If you find yourself, if you find yourself disagreeing with members of the group you're part of, and you have to hold that back for fear of repercussion, I believe you're in the wrong group. This is the same thing that, say, liberals have been doing to themselves and each other. The same thing conservatives have done. The same thing all religions have done. The same thing even people in sewing circles and stamp collecting clubs have likely argued and lost friends over whether a particular stamp has a certain value or not. We're always seeking to disagree because it's the only way we can learn what's right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes a cultish mentality where we separate ourselves from the world, it's never a good thing. And uh, I think that's why I would rather be in the cult of music because at least it's something I share with other people that doesn't discount the rest of the world, but rather accepts it for what it is. Because ultimately... We're going to lead the best lives and the happiest lives when we treat each other with respect and don't spend time worrying about what the other guy's doing. Don't worry about what your neighbors believe is true. Don't worry about whether other people disagree with you. Just be steadfast in what you believe or want to believe. And so long as it harms none and you don't find yourself looking down on others because they don't believe the same thing, then I don't consider it cultish. So get yourself out to a concert, <laughs> if that's your thing. Find a connection with people 
because music is a great bonding experience. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening, and I hope you got something out of this podcast, even though it was relatively random and off the cuff. As before, if you'd like to contribute to the channel, since I don't use any ads or ad bullshit because I fucking hate ads, uh, you can check out my Patreon at Carpo719. If you'd like to check out my YouTube channel, it's also Carpo719. And I welcome all. I welcome all people. I've had people leave comments on my videos saying, well, I don't want to offend you, but I disagree with this. And I'm thinking, no, that's what I'm here for. I love disagreeing. I may not agree with you, and I may explain my side of it, but I welcome disagreements because that's how I learn. Ultimately, philosophy is a love of wisdom, and you don't gain wisdom from telling other people how it is. You gain it from listening to them. You can also carp- email me if you'd like at carpo7 or sorry carpo420 at gmail, and uh, I guess from then I will talk to you next time. Thanks for coming to the 15 minute free thinking podcast. No fancy outro. Just a howdy ho. Peace out.